0: So welcome back to the Pac Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada Athletics, episode 145. I am your host, Matt hanifan We botched the intro this time. I don't care. The Mountain West Tournament starts today. Nevada plays tomorrow. Here's my co-host, Isaiah. Isaiah, what's going on, man?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. And it's tournament day, which is the best day of all days to
0: some, maybe for us. The only day that's better than the Mountain West Tournament Day in terms of college basketball is the ncaa tournament first day yes which is we're exactly nine days away from that we're recording this on wednesday march 10th i mean okay the first four is on the 18th um and then the like the second round in air quotes of the tournament begins the round of 64 begins on friday this year on the 19th and that's weird because they're going friday saturday for the first round and then sunday monday usually it's thursday friday and then saturday sunday but they're doing a little bit different this year. It's all being held in Indiana. Not the Mountain West Tournament, but the NCAA Tournament. It's all being held in Indiana this year. so it's Kind of like their own little bubble, in a sense. Just trying to have it all in one location instead of having it in like, San Diego and Florida and Texas. I can't remember all the locations that they usually have for that. <laughs> I, know they, have... I know they do have it in San Diego, though.
1: Yeah. No, it's just good to have March Madness back.
0: Finally. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness.
1: It's been too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my dad went to... Um... I think it was the year that Nevada played Texas in the first round. So he went to a couple tournament games in San Diego. Not the Nevada, Texas one, but that was 2018. Because that was the year that Nevada made the Sweet 16 run.
1: Yeah, that's what it all kicked off as. They were going up against yeah. Mo Bamba. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, Mo Bamba was. Was Mo Bamba? In, yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Sasha Khan? Who's the head coach for Texas? Sasha Khan? It's not Sasha Khan. No. But it's something I'll give you like three that. guesses. it's close. Am I like I'm I'm kinda on the money with his name, right? No, you're not. No? No, it's not like Sasha Khan or something. No. Do you know who it was? You wanna just say it over the airwaves? I mean I was really close because I remember Mo Bamba. Yeah, who, who was the head coach of Texas at that time?
0: Shaka Smart.
1: Shaka Smart, I was kinda close. Sasha Khan. That's not even Shaka close, Smart. dude. Sasha and Shaka? Let's well, give me that. The, the last name is yeah. terribly
0: off. That's what throws that the, off the entire thing. That was pretty close. Anyways, getting back to this Mountain West tournament. <laughs> Nevada plays tomorrow. Um, They play Boise State. It is officially locked in. Nevada will be a five seed. They will play number four seeded Boise State Thursday, 2.30 uh, p.m. Pacific time. 5.30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Get your popcorn. Yeah, I mean, do, do you eat popcorn during a basketball game? No. No, Why'd I don't you know why I said that.
1: Hey, I, just, I think it's going to be a thriller,
0: maybe. It could be. It's Hey, it's tournament time, yeah. man. Mountain West tournaments are always weird, as we yeah, saw. From those America. things
1: always get flipped on its head. Yeah,
0: like in 2018 when five-seeded San Diego State stomped Nevada in the semifinal round by 17 points, I believe it was.
1: In route yeah. to win the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, those types of things happen. You saw Wyoming make a late run. and When was that? Was that last year or the year before? Wyoming in the...
0: Yeah, that was last year. Last year. Yeah, because that was the year they, they beat us in the, the second round. That was the year they beat
1: Nevada in the second round. So we get upset or a lot. The, yeah, the quarterfinal. But final. maybe now this year. Maybe it's our time. You never know.
0: Yeah, I keep referring to it as the second round when in actuality it's the quarterfinal round, but it's the second round for teams whatever anyways before we get into all that we're gonna do a brief recap of um, what happened this week first off Nicole Otter participates in the NCAA indoor championships tomorrow for the pentathlon her third time making the NCAA indoor championships the first time for the pentathlon Um, Nevada women's basketball played their uh, tournament game this week they promptly lost by 24 points Fresno State. They were the number five seed. They lost to Fresno State, 70-46. to 46. It wasn't particularly close for most of the game. Nia Alexander had 15 points. Amaya West had 15 points. Other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of production. Deja Hamilton had just two points on one of nine shooting. It was not a good afternoon for the Packet. Really, Fresno State really just pulled away in the second quarter and just took it from there
1: yeah they're good yeah they
0: beat mexico last night i believe it was like 77 72 something like that and so now they're playing for the mountain west championship women's championship today and a potential ncaa tournament birth because they're the number four seed so
1: yeah no they're just a fresno state's a really good team and you know nevada finishes the year 13-9 i'm not really expecting any other tournament bid whatsoever but you know, just squeaking into that tournament, making that late push. I guess that gives some optimism into next year, but obviously you wanted to see a better performance going out against Fresno State, but simply we just really struggled shooting the ball and had trouble defending such a well-balanced Fresno State team, and they shot it so well against us. And I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, but overall I guess that could be the season as a whole, right?
0: Yeah. Nevada just shot 27% from the floor and 22% from deep.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: No. It's not. And then men's golf, they are currently the, there are two rounds through the San Diego Classic today. The the final round is today. They are second place um out of a 20 team pool. They they are 9 strokes behind UCLA for first place. Sam Harder is uh minus 1. He's tied for fourth among the individuals in the tournament. They are they're overall having a very good Tournament, and hopefully, they're able to make some ground on UCLA and potentially win it today.
1: Yeah, definitely. Very strong performance by Harden and the rest of the group coming out. Let's wish them, you know, let's wish them the best of luck. Let's see if we could get that first place bid.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Isaiah, what else happened this last week?
1: Yeah, in the midst of this kind of spring sports chaos going on, we got, um, you know, Nevada volleyball. They unfortunately were swept over the weekend. By SJSU, they fell 3-1 to one in the first game and 3-0 to zero in the second. It was SJSU's second and third win on the year, and now Nevada, Nevada fell to 3-7 and seven on the season after they won three straight wins. So let's hope they get back into the win column real soon. It's getting to that point in the season where you've got to start performing a little bit better. No more slow starts and everything like that. But Did you almost call it Nevada? I did. I hope you didn't notice that. I don't know why. I you, yeah, Maybe it's those CBS Sports guys. I don't know.
0: No, I don't think that CBS yeah, Sports says anything. Terrible to do with
1: this. excuse. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pretend I did not say that. <laughs> we also got Nevada softball, who only play only able to play in one game of the weekend until COVID nineteen, unfortunately the halted program the program.
0: Now they're shut down. For... Yep,
1: and we saw how that has trickled down to the men's program during the regular season. Let's just hope that softball is able to get their season back on track very soon because they're off to a great start. Um, The game they did play was, unfortunately, a 1-0 loss against Stanford. I mean, the team just had three hits. That's just an abysmal performance considering how well the team has performed offensively at the plate thus far. But once again, Kendall Fritz was a bright spot in the circle. Pitched six innings of just one-run ball. Gave up nine hits, two walks with four strikeouts. Did a good job of limiting the scores, you know, almost to the best of her ability. But got to have the bats wake up. But outside of that loss, I mean, the season as a whole right now is just going to be put on hold. Hopefully they're able to get some more momentum going and hopefully they can get their season back at some point. And last but certainly not least, we have Nevada women's soccer who lost their first two games to SDSU and UNLV. They lost the first game to SDSU 3-2 to and dropped the second to UNLV 1-0. to Obviously, not the best start to your season, but one of the bright spots was Hannah Souza, who scored two goals, the only two goals of the game against SDSU, and doing great things offensively and really helping the team in that regard. So that's been a bright spot, but it's going to be an interesting just to see if they can get their season back on track. But we'll certainly keep an eye on them and the rest of spring sports in general.
0: Yep, yep. But now we're going to talk some basketball. We'll be right back after the break. And we are back. Um, we even forgot to like mention it in the last segment, but Deja Hamilton her- earned an all-conference honor from the Mountain West this week. Also, Parapak men's basketball players did. Grant Sherfield, who we've talked about at Nazi and we're going to talk about him more on this podcast, he earned the Mountain West Newcomer of the Year Award, um, and, he won, and he earned an all-first-team honor, while Desmond Cambridge earned an all-third-team honor. So congrats to all three of them um, for earning all Mountain West honors this year. It's been a very strange year in terms of uh, winter athletics and spring athletics and all that. So congratulations to them.
1: Yeah, round of applause, virtual round of applause right there. Yeah.
0: And so let's get into it. Nevada men's basketball, as we talked about earlier, they play tomorrow against Boise State in the Mountain West tournament. Last This last week they played Colorado State in the regular season finale. Grant Sherfield. I mean, what more can you say about his late-game heroics and just him as a player?
1: Another one. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. another game winner. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's his third game winner of the year.
1: That one was the cherry on top. That one was bananas.
0: The cherry on top is if he hits one in the tournament. But you can't predict that happening.
1: Yeah, good point there. But of the three, I mean that one really stole the cake. Holy moly.
0: Was that your favorite one that he's had this year?
1: Yeah, just the degree of difficulty.
0: Yeah, the degree of difficulty was insane.
1: I mean and then the, the reaction afterwards and then Alford reaction is pretty priceless too. He's like rounding up the troops, still yeah, trying well, to like play defense or so and good.
0: Just the fact of what happened after it was also like oh my goodness. Like okay, so give you to give you um a breakdown of what happened for those who didn't watch the game. Nevada was tied at 82 with 30 seconds to go. Colorado State has the ball. Roddy gets stripped. David Roddy gets stripped by Warren Washington. He throws it to Sherfield. Sharefield runs up the court. It's just him. With about 10 seconds left, they get the ball. And he's bringing the ball up the court. And then he has this, like, sidestep step back uh from the three-point line it's like almost if you're imagining like i don't want to throw this comparison but almost imagining like Kyrie and steph in the finals in 2016. almost like kind of like that sidestep uh step back three was it over i think it was over stevens it might have been over kendall Moore. i can't remember who it was over but it was over one of those two guards surefield hits it with under a second left colorado state calls a timeout they get the ball back And what happened was, I believe it was Roddy threw it full court to Stevens. Stevens catches it like near half court, like in between the half court and the wing three. He dribbles once, turns around, shoots it. He makes it, but it turns out that he didn't get the shot off in time. It was like the ball was still in his hands as the buzzer went off. And the fact that he also like apparently he stepped out of bounds. They didn't. We didn't see that when we were watching the broadcast because apparently the broadcast had more angles, or the the refs had more angles than the broadcast could provide. Like they looked at, they looked at multiple angles that just weren't on the broadcast, and so. Apparently he stepped out of bounds. Nevada gets the ball back with .4 left and wins the game. But it was just like really a crazy ending because it's like they're reviewing this. They're trying to review if he got it off in time, but it turns out he stepped out of bounds, which was weird, so it wouldn't have mattered anyways. But the fact that he still did get it off in, with that little of time. Crazy. Because <laughs> I think they put point two back on the clock. So it was technically one sec- one sec, exactly one second remaining when Roddy threw the ball in, but it was still like an insane just turn of events how – Roddy gets stripped. Shurfield hits the shot. And then Stevens hits just this miraculous 30, 35-foot three-pointer turnaround um, just for it not to count, which would have been a game tying three-pointer and they would have gone into overtime. It wouldn't have been a game winner. But it's still just that also degree of difficulty is insane. That's going to get overshadowed by all of this. But it was just a wild sequence of events. And, like, I was, like, trying to figure out what was going on in the moment because it was all just – it came so fast.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was crazy. I mean – Holy moly, that turn of events that could have happened and already happened was, like...
0: If that did count, like... Bruh. That would be Shurfield's best shot of the year that, like, would have been overshadowed. By yeah, something. definitely. Because but... Stevens' shot would have gotten the highlight.
1: Oh, yeah. And for good reason, because that shot was insane, too. But, you know what, just coming out with that victory and heading into, you know, tournament play against Boise State, lots of excitement. You know, a little bit, for me, anxiousness, a little bit of... Nerves heading into this game, just knowing, you know, maybe Boise State really wants to come out and shoot a lot better than they did against us those two games. But, you know, I think Nevada at that point, I how big do you think that win was for Nevada just heading into this tournament, knowing, you know, the break in the action, followed by, you know, the poor play on the road against Utah State, getting that win at home against a really good Colorado State team that we mentioned right before the tournament. For me, that was a big turning point at that point, just where Nevada was standing at that point in the season.
0: Yeah, I think it was a big win, especially as we talked about it, just getting that sour, bitter taste of the Utah State series out of their mouths. I feel like it, it was really important for them to come out with a statement and end the regular season on a good note because let's say they didn't play those two games, like the morale I don't think would be as high. And, I mean, they wouldn't have another quad to win. But I kind of want to hit on that Colorado State again game again for just a second. There were so many fouls called it was absurd like it was apparently there were there was 53 combined fouls that were called one more than its previous season high of 52 which was i can't remember it was against wyoming earlier this year the watching that wyoming game compared to the watching this game were two completely different feelings i felt like like i felt like when i looked at that statistic for the wyoming like it did there wasn't a lot of foul calls that were called at least not as much like it felt like every other possession there was a whistle being blown um there were a lot of free throws shot you colorado state shot 34 nevada shot 37 colorado state did have a better percentage from the line than nevada but just those two figures alone were drastic because you never see 37 free throws by one team or 30 two or i mean 34 in a single game like that's just not that's pretty uncommon and it slowed the pace of the game down and with that alfred mentioned it in his uh tv interview after the game that disrupts the flow of an offense and the fact that nevada's offense was able to persevere especially after its slow start um it's a pretty big testament to this team i mean nevada was down 18 to 5 early but just given how many whistles were being called on both ends, it disrupts the flow of the offense and just, in general, the game.
1: Definitely. No, it really slowed the pace down, and gosh, that game just went on and on. It felt like it just dragged on with the amount of foul calls, but credit Nevada for still making a count from the stripe, and I thought even though there were an absurd amount of foul calls, I think at points they did do a better job of defending without fouling during the closing minutes. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, right, in the end. They were... <laughs> I thought... I when I was just watching it live, I thought Washington strip was gonna be a foul call. Just because of the flow of the game and how it's been called all game. Because there was at least in my opinion, there was a fair amount of ticky tack calls called on both sides, not just yeah. one. Swallow the whistles at
1: times, you know. I know that's a stupid saying because you know what, if a foul's called, call it, but gosh, when it gets to that type of choppiness and it really just interrupts, like you said, everything the game is planning forward. Yeah, it can kind of make it unbearable at times. It yeah. really does. But that's sometimes that's the way Nevada plays. And I thought at that point, too, that was a good little test of Nevada's strength, of how they're able to kind of adjust to different opponents and different styles within the game. And coming out with that win in such a gritty, physical, ticky-tack type of game was big heading into the tournament.
0: Yeah. Desmond Cambridge led the team with 20 points. Sheffield didn't score in the first 17 minutes of the game, and he still finished with 18, especially with his late-game heroics. We didn't even mention his 1-3 that he had on the game, or his game-winning 3 was the only 3 he had on 7 attempts. He was 0-6 for 6 up to that point. He still... I mean, he didn't look necessarily look as bad as he did against Utah State, but he was still kind of... Finding it. Yeah, he was still kind of finding it, still trying to get in a rhythm, and then all of a sudden, you just remember how good Grant Shurfield is when he hits the game-winner at the end of the game, and hopefully he can carry that momentum into the tournament. But he finished with 18 points on 6-17 shooting. Kane Milling had his best game of the season he at multiple points were was hitting big threes um he was five of seven from the floor four of six from beyond the arc he had a career-high 17 points Trey Coleman third straight game in double digits with 11 points on three of five shooting two of three from beyond the arc so it was an overall from those four players were strong contributions for this team and then there was a there's a stint in the second half where Warren Washington was providing a spark, a spark for this team. I don't know if it's going to show up much in the stat sheet, but he was also uh, really good at points in the second half.
1: Yeah, I thought I mean, he had a good game. Definitely, I think this this game. I know Grant Sherfield's game winner is going to obviously captivate the headline. You know, give you the lead for everything that was going on. But the performances from Kane Milling, twenty points,
0: uh, seventeen points.
1: Oh, so, I'm sorry, season high seventeen points. Uh, Trey Coleman. Another game in double figures, Warren Washington, these types of con- contributions right now, we need them so bad, and especially without Zane Meeks right now, which I will probably get into. I don't know for sure if he's going to be able to go against Boise State. Still kind of up in the air in that regard, but seeing these other contributors, along with Desmond Cambridge, who dropped 20 points as well, but we know what Des and Grant have done all year. Just finding those other third scores and other contributors on a nightly basis has been a huge relief in some points because... Like you said, when Grant doesn't have the best game from the field, at least we have a sustainable scoring options around the floor at least. So that's big. And a lot of positives take away from that Colorado State game heading into the tourney.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about Nevada in the tournament now. Um, For those who don't know, I mean, Isaiah mentioned it earlier, Nevada's without Zane Meeks right now. He's out with knee tendinitis. We don't know if we're going to see him. I feel like it's unlikely just based on Alford's quotes earlier this week. Um, he's on like a game-by-game game kind of basis, and he's missed the past three games. He played, I believe, in the Boise State series the first time around. Um, then Nevada was on that 18-day hiatus, He and then he hasn't played since. And so I think he could be – What do you think? Where do you think that impacts the team heading into this tournament? Because I feel like it impacts them a good amount.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, two key areas where we succeed in a lot of ways is rebounding and spacing, and that kind of like shows just how important Zane Meeks is because he does so well, does both of those things so much at a high level, and missing that type of presence, being able to kind of stretch the floor in that regard and really space the defense out on the offensive end, and being able to get physical crash the boards on the other end is so impactful you know it's kind of crucial to who we are as a team so missing him in this tournament especially with Boise State coming in uh, it's tough it's tough because we know how well he performed against Boise State in those two games and we're going to need him in a lot of ways but I just thought you know seeing some of those bright spots once again from the Colorado State game was nice but we're still going to miss his presence no doubt
0: yeah, do you think Nevada beats Boise State with or without? Put, I'm putting you early on the spot here. So, so prediction right now? I mean, we can do prediction. Okay, let's say, assuming he doesn't play, What is who do you think wins?
1: Gosh. Boise State. You I hate Boise saying State? it so much. I hate saying it.
0: All right, I hate let's say it. he does miraculously play even though it's unlikely at this point do you think he you, you think the better wins
1: nope
0: you don't so you're predicting Boise State to win either game yep okay
1: I hate saying that but I'm just trying to be as objective as possible and I just I think there's reason to believe that we may see a better performance coming back from Boise State especially with just how poorly they shot the ball against us those first two games at home, mind you. And I know it's still in-state at UNLV, at Thomas and Mack, but as we both well know, Nevada hasn't performed very well on the road to this point in the season. And I just, I just have a feeling that Boise State may come out hungrier in a lot of ways. Not to say that Nevada doesn't play up to the competition. That's one of their greatest assets and strengths as a team that we've seen to this point in the season. But I don't know. It's just something telling me that maybe Boise State rebounds in a big way, especially offensively, and they have the the players on the floor and the personnel to do so.
0: Yeah, I don't I think that and just the fact that way the way Boise State season ended because their last game of the season was a 67-64 loss against Fresno State and then the two before that they lost on the road against San Diego State by slim margins. They lost in overtime. 78-66. I mean, I know that's not a super close score on paper, but they outscored them 15 to three in overtime. And then they lost, also they lost a second game to San Diego State, 62 to 58. That's a four point loss. So both kind of came down to the wire in regulation. And of course, Boise State got trounced in overtime. But I still feel like they're going to be a little pissed off and they're going to be a little hungrier, as you mentioned, to come out not just beating. Not just getting back on the right foot because they're a fringe NCAA tournament team, and I really think they want to prove themselves in this Mountain West tournament. And the fact that Nevada beat them twice already, I think that's also lingering on their mind. So there's multiple reasons for them to come out and play to the best of their ability, and the question is if Nevada can respond with or without Meeks.
1: Yeah, and I think this isn't really a detriment or a knock on Nevada whatsoever because I do think Nevada's going to have that type of same mindset too. I think they have a lot to prove I think they could have, you know, made the argument they could have been a top three seed if COVID didn't get in the way and they were, you know, the type of basketball they were playing before the shutdown really hit. But at the same time, it's just like you said, this tournament gets flipped on its head a lot. You know, it's it's a really kind of coin toss. coin toss. Wow. <laughs> Try and say that 10 times fast. It's kind of like coin, a toss, coin, toss. coin
0: toss, coin toss, coin toss, coin toss, coin toss, coin toss, coin toss. I think that was 10 times. I think hey, thanks, it? Matt. You're
1: welcome. We appreciate that. The viewers love that. (laughs) The The, viewers, the listeners. The listeners listeners love that. Shout out Matt and his coin toss. But yeah, a lot of these can, you know, a lot of when it comes to this tournament and, you know, obviously with March Madness in a lot of ways, you throw the seedings out of the window in some ways. And, you know, sometimes it it just comes down to who wants it more. And in a lot of ways, I think Poise State's going to be feistier and hungrier. And that may not play well into Nevada's hands.
0: The thing with the Mountain West tournament is like you think the top two seeds are gonna win it, but like in what fashion. Right? Or like if for example, top three seeds. I mean, the most common seed that's won the Mountain West tournament is the two seed. And so it's not always the one seed or the three seed, or sometimes even the four seed, in a couple instances the five seed, and one very particular instance the six seed. But it it's a weird like it's a weird like weird things happen in the mountain west and i think i mean i i'm a believer that weird things happen all across like college basketball during this time of year because i mean as john rossian said this is march like anything can happen in march right but it's just the way the way things happen like for a perfect example last year wyoming wins their first game in the mountain west tournament and then they Come out and beat Nevada 75 72 in the second game. They matched their conference win total in the Mountain West tournament than they did in the regular season. They won two games in the regular season against conference opponents, they won two in the Mountain West tournament alone.
1: That's ridiculous. It, that's an but outlier. It that's,
0: that's kind of an outlier because that's not going to happen every year. Although that, that's a pretty rare instance of that happening. But it just goes to show that anything can happen in the Mountain West tournament um, to a good team. Another example is the one that we pointed out in the Sweet 16 here. Nevada loses to San Diego State a five seed in the semifinal round. They lose by 17. I mean, of course, San Diego State had Nevada's number that year, but that's not the point. It's just that anything weird can happen in March.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess it's, you know, a lot of it's just going to have to play out. And I guess in a way... Yeah, you know, we're gonna see where the chips may fall in certain things, but overall, I I do think Nevada's capable of making a deep tournament run. I just it's just so hard to put those types of pieces together and really distinguish how and why they can win those types of games. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's here that leads me into my second thing. I'm gonna ask you. Let's say Nevada does beat Boise State. Give me your case for them winning the Mountain West tournament.
1: If they beat Boise State,
0: um Well, I mean they would have to beat Boise State. I know you predicted otherwise, but I'm saying yeah. if they beat Boise State, give me a reason why they can win it.
1: Play up to their competition. They have arguably the best player in the conference. You know, I guess you can Wow. Least, I mean you argue I mean you, you can argue, you can make a case for Shurfield, Cata, Alston. If we beat Boise State, Alston Juniors obviously, out of the tournament at that point. But, you know, you have one of the, the biggest, baddest guys on the planet, you could say. Okay, maybe not that, but in the tournament. Per se. <laughs> yeah, like... And hopefully at that point, maybe you have a healthy Zane Meeks. Hopefully. You never know, but at I mean, that it's point. Ba- too, it's
0: back-to-back days. That's the, that's the weird part of this. Yeah. They're going to have to win three games in three days.
1: It's just going to be grueling. But as we've talked about all year, Nevada plays so well against top tier competition. It's just a matter of can that translate to tournament play? And, and you know, a lot of that's going to be flipped on its head. You just it's such a weird mix of things, but Nevada certainly has the recipe and I think the game plan to do so. It's just can it happen? And I think a lot of that too has to happen with the other conference opponents beating each other up. Maybe we may have to see a couple upsets in our favor as well that we talked about last podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like they would have to go through probably San Diego State, who is a ranked team, and they've been on a roll, I believe eleven straight victories. Nevada would also likely have to go through Utah State or Colorado State in the final round if they win both of if they win their first game if those two win their first game, Nevada would have to go through one of them. To win the Mountain West tournament, I'm guessing it'd likely be Utah State that Nevada would have to go through, but those are Nevada would have to go through the four seed, potentially the one seed, and potentially the two or three seed in order to win the tournament. So they'd have to go through three of the top four teams in the conference to win the entire thing. And so, yeah, I mean, playing up to the competition, that's one of them. Of course, they have Sherfield and Cambridge, one of the best backcourt duos in the conference. That's one, that's another. Nevada's been had, Nevada's done a good job of getting to the line. Hopefully, to maybe get, get other teams in foul trouble. Hopefully, Nevada can run into the luck category of other teams missing shots in Vegas. Um, Nevada, as you mentioned, the caveat the caveat in Nevada playing up to their competition is as we mentioned, they're much better at home than they are on the road. They're ten and two at home. They're four and seven on the road, and they're one and zero neutral side, So combined, they're five and seven five and seven away from Lawler Event Center, as opposed to 10-2 at home. And those three wins against Colorado State and the sweep of Boise State were at home. Maybe Nevada can find some magic in Vegas?
1: They're able to. I think any team, you know, like like we've been kind of talking about, any team can make a run with the right type of recipe and success. But just a matter of can it happen. But we'll see tomorrow night, and I'm excited.
0: Do you think that – is there any particular – matchup in the first round. Right, let's go through the first round matchups that are going on today. Wyoming and San Jose State, the 8-9 game. UNLV and Air Force, and then Fresno State, New Mexico. Is there any matchup that you're kind of – we're getting away a little bit from Nevada, but is there any matchup, first round matchup in particular, that you kind of have your eyes on? I think Fresno State, New Mexico is going to be just
1: kind of interesting. I think I would lean Fresno State in that regard, but I don't know. I'll definitely Fresno State's been much better.
0: Been playing of better
1: of late and – I'm going to I think I would lean Fresno State in that regard, but just kind of an interesting matchup to see what they are able of. Is there anyone you're kind of looking for?
0: Yeah, because I want to see Fresno State and Colorado State. I feel like Fresno State could be a sneaky team to knock off one of the two or three. I mean, they'd have it would be the three seed cuz that the 6-11 plays Colorado State in the quarterfinal round, but I feel like they're a sneaky sneaky kind of a team to potentially upset the Colorado State I don't think you know your Air Force have much of a shot against Utah State I certainly don't think that Wyoming or San Jose State can beat Wyoming so that's kind of the first round game I'm kind of looking towards but only for that fact yeah I think Fresno State's going to destroy them but that's just my thoughts and prediction on it
1: maybe they have what it takes to help us out as well if we keep on advancing in that regard too so that'd be kind of interesting to see
0: Wyoming or San Jose State prove me wrong Yeah, let's do this come on uh, that'd be perfect a perfect Nevada scenario would be San Diego State get upset in the second round Nevada of course beats one of San Jose State or Wyoming in the semifinal round and then advances to the Mountain West Championship against maybe Fresno I'm just kidding
1: (laughs) (laughs) just the tournament of upsets
0: yeah I mean to be the best you want to beat the best but for Nevada's most favorable option, it would likely probably need an upset or two, as we talked about. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I would say so, too. It's, But, you know,
1: that's just working with what you got. It's not like they're, you know, impacted by it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to beat the teams in front of you. Simple as that. Let's look at the Vegas odds for the Mountain West tournament. You want to predict what Nevada's odds are? I think I already told you before. Yeah, I think
1: it was 4%.
0: No, I'm saying Nevada's odds. Oh, oh, just to win the
1: Mountain West tournament? I'm sorry, not the NC, not to make you. Gosh.
0: And these (sighs) are, we're doing like. Percentage? 3 to 1, 4 to 1. What what do you think their odds are? According to Vegas Insider
1: 35 to 1,
0: 16 to 1. Oh, wow. Okay, they're plus, they're nice. Plus six, they're, That's not too bad at all. They're plus 1,600. Plus 1,600. The, the best – here, let me just run it down. Yeah. The Top five. San Diego State's plus, 20, 20, plus 125, 5 to 4 odds. Utah State's plus 250. Boise State's plus 500. Or, or Boise State and Colorado State are plus 500. And then Nevada's 16 to 1 odds, plus 1,600. UNLV is 50 to 1, it, plus at 5,000. So.
1: Not too bad. I no. you know, I kind of undersold Nevada there a little bit. My bad.
0: I mean, these are Vegas odds makers. I mean, you could have your own odds. Yeah. If you want to.
1: Yeah, I'll put Nevada's odds at, oh, boy, 25. Five to four odds? Yeah, like five Utah to four stadium. odds, baby. San Diego State level. <laughs> but, yeah, those are interesting to see. I mean. I can easily see why SDSU is such a heavy favorite, especially with the way they're performing and being ranked. That always helps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Utah State's in the slouch. Could Utah State win it for the third year in a row?
1: And gosh, they they seem to own the tournament every single year, it seems like. Holy moly.
0: The Sam Merrill buzzer beater last year was oh the most memorable thing.
1: Ridiculous. And now with the way is performing, taking a whole nother step up, who... Won the Mountain West Player of the Year award. I think yeah, we both we predicted that.
0: Yeah, we didn't announce that, but he did win the Mountain and West Player of the Year. And Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, that team, as we talked about a couple of weeks back, holy moly, that team is good. They have what it takes to easily win it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, is your final prediction Nevada losing in the first round of the— or the quarterfinal round of them? i can't get this name Yeah. Right. The quarter-final round of the Mountain West Tournament, is that your prediction?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nevada I mean, hasn't
0: been great in close games this year, as we've talked about. I think there's—if I want to—I'm spewing this off the top of my head, so check me on this. But I think there are three and five in games decided by five or fewer points. Check me on that.
1: I'll, I'll check you. you he's, doing,
0: he's doing a Google search.
1: yeah three and five, okay, right yeah. on the money. I was just going off the top of my head. I don't uh, remember things <laughs> no, it's just ah, uh, you know, they've been playing better as late, you know as of late, especially with that game winner against Colorado State. but I don't mean to be the uh negative one in the room. I'm just I think we're bo do we both agree that Boise State downs Nevada or are you still on the fence? I'm I, on the I, fence. Man, I'm on the fence too. I'm just gonna lean Boise State. I mean, I, for some couple reasons.
0: Avuki Job's not playing, so it almost like not super canc- cancels it out, but kind of does because he's also an important piece to that Boise State team. Or he's, I think he's day. I think Leon Rice labeled him day to day. He might play if he doesn't. Then it would cancel it out. But I don't know, man. Like Nevada we both made good points on both teams have something to play for. I think Nevada would have a chance that it had a higher than five seat, if, as, as you mentioned, if COVID didn't hit. Nevada almost beat San Diego State on the road, and so that record would be a little bit different if we were speaking of, like, all right, has Nevada played good against good teams on the road or at home? I mean, again, their three victories have come at home, but they nearly beat San Diego State twice in their own building um, before they were ranked. If, again, they were up 65 or 60 to 58, the 7 run in the final two minutes. San Diego State wins 65-60, and then the Trey Pulliam buzzer beater, who I'm sure everyone loves to be reminded of that every time we talk about this, but it's what happened. And like, I don't want to... I don't want to understand how good Nevada's been against these top teams. Um, They're four and four in quad, one or two games. Um, Their only other quad to win, aside from the Boise State and Colorado State, was Nebraska in a neutral site. I mean, technically, it was on the road. Technically. The net is speaking of beyond the road, but te- it was also technically a neutral site game. I mean, I guess it was a neutral site tournament, but they were in Nebraska's building. I don't know. It, I guess it wasn't a neutral site game now that I'm talking about it, but... It was still away from Lawler Event Center, another Sherfield buzzer beater, against kind of quality. I mean, not if you want to relative to the rest of the Big Ten, maybe not, but a decent program for Nevada to face.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, don't undersell like you said how good this team has been performing against the best teams in the conference.
0: But then again, I also just think Boise State's gonna be hungry, man. Uh, But I also think Nevada is too. That's
1: that's why I think it's one of the most enticing matchups of tomorrow. I mean, mm-hmm. holy moly, this thing's going to... I really do believe this is going to be kind of down to the wire. It may come to a final possession. You never know.
0: But I do agree with you in the sense that Nevada might need Meeks. I guess that's the one thing if you want to predict Nevada to lose the game. I think that'd be like the one... Like, I don't want to say... I think that'd be the top reason why is because they're without Meeks. Because Meeks is very important to their floor spacing and to their uh, rebounding. And I just hope Nevada is able to capitalize in those two departments. I mean, we saw KJ Himes hit another three on Friday night. That's It's still like, he has like seven on the year. It still makes me cackle every single time he he hits one. Um, But it's not Zane Meeks. And Alfred's going to have to figure out ways, especially with, I mean... There's been times again where Warden Washington's gotten in foul trouble. KJ Himes has gotten in foul trouble. Daniel Foster in the small ball four has gotten in foul trouble. Like there's been multiple times. I mean, as we saw last game, I mean, both teams were in foul trouble against Colorado State. But there's been times where Nevada, like the presence of Meeks, just helps. Like he might not have, I mean, he might not throw up four, five, six threes a game, but he's just his threat. Helps Nevada, and he's hit some clutch shots this year. I believe it was the second, what was it, the second Boise State game where he had, or he and Sherfield combined for 17 of Nevada's final 19 points.
1: No, his impact shouldn't be understated. And I mean, missing his presence on the floor, I mean, it could be huge. It could be kind of like the turning point for what pushes Boise State further in this tournament if they do win tomorrow. So I don't know. I, I'm still. I'm gonna lean Boise State. I'm still up in the air about it just because I believe in both teams, but I guess that's the way it is.
0: I said you can't predict Sherfield's game winners on podcasts. Can I predict one for tomorrow? Go
1: right ahead, please do.
0: Oh, uh, that would be I mean I'm not going to, but like that would be just be that'd be funny. <laughs> if he just sits another one versus Boise State in the Mountain West tournament to eliminate them. That'd be wow. That'd be that'd be a moment, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, that'll be a highlight reel tape, for sure. once again.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna lean, but I'm gonna lean Boise State too. Yeah. but I think you, I do think Nevada can make can I think Nevada there's a possibility that Nevada can make a run the Mountain West tournament, um, because of their backcourt duo. Especially if Cambridge and Sherfield both have great games, I think Nevada can win. The, Nevada can win beat anyone in the Mountain West, if they can defend well, if they can defend the three-point line well, um, if they're not in foul trouble for most of the game, if they force the other team to get in foul trouble, um, Nevada keeps attacking the basket. Um, good games from either Warren Washington, Trey Coleman, um, you name it, aside from Sherfield and Cambridge. I think Nevada can make a run in this Mountain West tournament. Do I think... They will no. But I believe they can. They're capable of it. And yeah. I think that's what I think that's what my take is gonna be. They can if they play their brand of basketball, which they have all year. I mean, this is a competitive, feisty group. And they're not gonna back down from this challenge. I mean, I know. The outlier, the outlier versus Utah State, Nevada, Nevada was coming off in your three week hiatus from COVID nineteen. They weren't in rhythm at all. They were shut down when they were playing their best basketball, which was concluded by beating Boise State at home twice, one by double digits, one by a game-winner by Shurfield. But this team is capable of making a run if they play their style of basketball, man. This is March. This is March.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I agree with everything you said, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I just can't wait to see it unfold tomorrow.
0: Score prediction.
1: 72-66 Boise State.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm gonna go seventy-seven
1: to seventy-five. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a nail biter right there.
0: I think that's what the game's gonna be, man. I think if Nevada, like, I think Nevada can hang with the hang with Boise State, but I think Alston's the difference in the end. Prediction.
1: No, I'm with that. Boise Making State shot.
0: Boise State shot forty-one percent. From the field in those two games against nevada but 39 percent from beyond the arc they were poor inside the arc in those two games and i don't that's a testament to nevada's defense and it's also a testament they just weren't making shots and i believe the mountain west tournament in a neutral site they're gonna make shots but at the same time i also think nevada's gonna make shots
1: yeah no it's, it's gonna be it could be a back and forth matchup like we said just can't wait to see it unfold it'll be kind of fun
0: yep do you have anything more to add
1: no sir Go Wolf go, Oh wait,
0: let's talk about let's talk about the um, Alford quote.
1: Oh yeah, if you want to go. So ahead, go
0: ahead. it looks like Nevada, as of right now, at least my thing. I'll get your thoughts in a second. I think Nevada's only chance at making the Mountain West or making the making a postseason tournament would be to win the Mountain West tournament, thus getting an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. I don't think if Nevada makes it to the championship game, even. They will make an NIT, although there is a possibility. It's very, it's a lot more likely than it is right now. If they make the Mountain West Championship, they will make a postseason tournament. But Alford had a quote, I believe it his Monday presser, that Nevada, if Nevada gets a CBI, because, it's, because the College Insider Tournament, the CIT, that's canceled. The CBI, College Basketball Invitational, that is still there that's still like, that's still a possibility of that happening. I'm pretty sure as of right now, it's still going on. The NIT was cut from 32 teams as it usually is to 16 teams. It'll be held in Dallas, Fort Worth. And of course the NCAA tournament's gonna be held in Indiana and that's like the biggest tournament of the year obviously. But Alford had a quote saying that there's not, it's not super likely or in, in summary, it's not super likely that Nevada is going to participate in a CBI tournament bid um, just because of the, the financial constraints of the CBI compared to like an NIT or an NCAA. Because, I mean, the NIT and the CBI are similar in the fact that, at least for the NIT, the first few rounds are held at home or in the home stadium of teams. That, of course, is going to be a neutral site this year. But also the NIT, correct me if I'm wrong, but they also get TV revenue. And so the CBI doesn't necessarily get that, or at least get that much. Um, And so Alford pointed out the case in the quote that Nevada would be having to play without fans at home or like in in the neutral side, at least, if they're having it in the neutral side. If not, it would be at home, and Nevada would be without fans, so revenue would take a hit there, and it's been taking a hit this entire year. And so... Nevada, I believe, would be at least able to generate revenue back if they were in the NCAA tournament, paying out of pocket for uh, travel and like, hotels and everything. If they were getting all of that TE revenue from the NCAA tournament plus getting that revenue from the NIT tournament, because usually the NIT tournament, I believe it's held on ESPN or it's on the ESPN uh, networks, and so they'd be generating that revenue back, and I don't, I'm, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not super sure that fans are allowed for the nit. I'm not. There might be. I'm not sure. Um, but they would be able to generate that revenue back. So it makes sense why yeah. they wouldn't participate in the CBI because I don't think they would be able to do that necessarily with the CBI. And of course, playing without fans it makes it a lot tougher than playing with fans. Definitely.
1: No, I agree with Alfred's statement. I yeah. mean in this year of COVID, you know how hard all sporting departments, not just here at Nevada, but across universities and other Division One programs, it's hurt them big time not having those fans. And if you're going to be able to spend the money for things like travel and ex- other expenses and not be able to recoup any of those funds, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, maybe that just gives them more incentive to win this, D- this tournament, but obviously that... I mean, with the financial aspect and everything like that, I think it makes perfect sense in a lot of ways, not to have a CBI just, you know, for those types of constraints and for those reasons.
0: Here, let me read the quote. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll start at this point. Quote, But paying to go somewhere with fans and those types of things, just financially, we're trying to do everything we can to help our university in this COVID year. President Sandoval has absolutely... Has been absolutely outstanding trying to help all of our athletic teams and kind of go through the weeks because financially it has really been tough year with no fans for football and no fans for basketball this that makes it very hard on everybody and to go to a postseason tournament where you'd have to pay out of pocket and then pay out of pocket to travel and stay that's a little different than a normal cbi year where you're playing just home games and getting fans we'd have to look at it but my guess right now is i'd lean towards no. end quote
1: yeah i think he summed it up perfectly i mean it makes a lot of sense not having that type of tournament where you're not making anything. It's the type of year we're in right now.
0: And it sucks because, I mean, I'd like for Nevada to be in a postseason tournament. but
1: There's still, t- there's still hope.
0: There's still hope for <laughs> sure. But I think they'd have to go through the gauntlet of the top four teams or three of the top four teams in the Mountain West Conference to do so, barring an upset. So anything more to add?
1: No, sir. I think that'll wrap it up.
0: Again, Nevada place tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time on CBS Sports Network against number four seed Boise State. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Give us a five star rating. We'll see you next week.